You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Sophia Pitch. Sophia, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me on. So, Piep, I know you're talking to me from uh, the capital of Cambodia. Can you tell me a little bit about what's happening there now in terms of um, of the pandemic? We're talking on April 14th in 2021. It's been over a year. Uh, how are how are things there? Um, the last this last month has been getting very bad, actually. Uh, you know, for one year we didn't have much of an issue at all and um, and then about uh, three weeks ago um, uh, some people that came out of um, hotels by bribing uh, the um, the guards and then they basically four people spread um, uh, the virus uh, all over Cambodia now and uh, we are looking at possibly uh, a major shutdown of the capital city and, and, and other cities and provinces. So it's it's unfortunately uh, doesn't look good for us. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to hear that. That's um, also extraordinary. That that that's clear. That uh, you know how how important quarantining and, and the isolation is because it sounds like it can be traced to those those four people who basically didn't follow quarantine rules, which is, I imagine, why Cambodia did so well for the last year. I think the local people really respect what the government tells us to do, um, but uh, there's, there's, there's always a few that doesn't take it seriously, and you know, money comes before everything else. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 I don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's getting uh, quite scary for me and my staff. You know, I work with uh, 13 people and uh, they live all over the city. And um, I, I don't know uh, if, uh, you know, now we have the Cambodian New Year and uh, we're hearing that uh, there's it, it possibly a, at least a two weeks uh, shutdown and I'm just now scrambling to think uh, maybe building uh, extra uh, beds and uh, places for, for, for my staff to come and work and, and basically I have a big land fortunately we have a lot of space here but uh, if travels get shut down then I have to build something for them to, uh, to be living here basically. So, and your staff, to talk, to talk about the people that, are, that you're working on and, and, um, and creating with, this is your, um, your studio staff? Yes, my studio assistants. And, and and let's talk a little bit about your work and, and what you're making now, or or we could talk about a recent project. Um, what are, what are you involved in making now, or or we could talk about a, a recent project that's been completed, if you'd like. Um, so we just finished uh, a big sculpture uh, called the kapok, and the kapok is actually a fruit uh, that makes uh, cotton. And uh, it's for a group show here locally, um, but it was a big challenge for me because I, I wanted to make something a bit different from what I'm used to doing. Um, I've been fascinated with, with this uh, shape of a, of a boat for I don't know how many years, 30 years, I guess. Uh, but I've never uh, came to a point where I knew what to do with, with this boat. So um, 
it's the uh, Gabok fruit kind of suggests to me now it's the time to try. And uh, so uh, it went through many, many uh, uh, different uh, changes. And uh, finally, uh, we pull it off um, in the last two weeks. And uh, so that's, that's what I was working on. And um, in the beginning... Well, let's talk a little bit more about that because, because cause, cause that's, that's fascinating. Or, 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 all right, uh, before we jump into that, and you were about to say in the beginning of the pandemic you were working on something else? Yes, to, to the beginning of the pandemic, uh, I, 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 I've been planting a lot of trees uh, around my studio, and um, I've been buying these, uh, these mature trees that are really quite large and tall, and uh, most of them did not survive. And um, so the agreement with the seller of the trees uh, was that if the trees die because they come and plant it and it, they're guaranteed that it will live but if it dies they will replace it but the, so it kept on dying and then they kept on replacing it uh, a few times and um, when they come to replace the tree I asked them what do you do with the dead trees and they said well we just kind of if it's you know if it's uh, we cut it up and we can use it for firewood and make charcoal and things like that so it occurred to me that uh, I didn't want to you know, I felt like there's so much energy and effort in, in terms of bringing these trees from the from the wilderness and then plant it and then and then it, and then they just end up dead. And then I felt like it's wrong to just kind of cut them down and um, and making uh, firewood from them. So as a result, I, I started making uh, uh, you know taking uh, used uh, aluminium from uh, you know pots and pans that people. Uh, Basically, they cannot use them anymore, so they sell it to the recycling uh, shops. And uh, I thought, you know, I, I would like to try something where I'm interested in this material that gets uh, used by so many people all over the country, and then they get basically sold for the weight of their, you know, whatever they sell, they sell for. Um, and... Uh, so I thought it was history in, 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 those, in those materials. Um, so I ended up just buying those things from uh, every shop in Phnom Penh that I can find, and, um, and like uh, really truckloads of them. And so starting to, to basically uh, making like a skin, you know, the, of, of the tree. Uh, so hammering it with uh, just hammer and, and, you know, whatever we have. And uh, take them out and then take them out of the tree and then basically refasten them with grommets uh, to form basically the tree again, um, but without the tree inside. So like a skin of the tree. And I thought... Which is kind, so, of, a, kind of a memorial to the tree almost. Exactly, exactly. So, so basically just capturing the, the spirit of the tree, so to say, you know, like a ghost of the tree. And uh, it was really laborious uh, project, but you know, fortunately, I have uh, many assistants, and we really don't, you know, now it's uh, pandemic time, and we don't really have any obligation to do any shows, so I thought, you know, let's just try to do this, and, and really uh, get back to basics, you know, I mean, that's, that's the way I've been working all, all my career, is like, uh, everything is laborious, and manual labor, like, totally anti, you know, modern way of working, right, um, and I thought it would be a good test for my guys to see how much they can handle. And uh, we end up making, uh, I guess, seven or eight trees. And these things are about 
seven meters tall. So, and we learn and we learn and we learn, and it, it, it's, it's just, I thought it was just an amazing project. And so, um, yeah, so that's, that's the other big, big, you know, big project that, I, that we've been occupied with. And then, so I want to talk a little bit more about that. The, those, you know, I've seen some images of those, and they're, you know, they're very large. It looks like it, it's, um, they're suited for public sculpture. Is, is that where all these um, sculptures went? Are they outdoors? Where, where are they now? Um, they're all outdoors at the moment. They're, they're all in my gardens. Um, I, you know, uh, one is in front of my house, and then uh, the five, which I, which I reference, uh, Matisse, you know, La Danse, uh, is in my now my vegetable garden, which is not a vegetable garden yet, but it's, I'm planning to make it a vegetable garden. Um, and another big one is in the middle of my studio uh, garden, which is a very big, big land as well. So yeah, I was hoping that these would become outdoor sculptures. Um, I, I need to reinforce them. You know, I need to do something inside, uh, like maybe fiberglass or, or, or something, so that they can withstand, uh, you know, a hurricane or something. So I still need to figure that part out. But uh, as they are, they are, they are very strong already. But uh, you know, so you've replaced, I mean, it sounds like you've replaced some of the trees that, that kept also dying with these sculptures. Is that correct? Because this is also on your land, on your property, around your studio or home that all of these sculptures now are that seem almost, to, as you say, a kind of ghost of the previous trees, but they also are trees that won't die, that have replaced the ones that have died in a sense? The 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 the, uh, the 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 original trees are still they're still here you know they're still I mean I have like thirty of them at the moment <laughs> we basically just go up to the the shops that we buy the tree from uh, and just ask them if they have any other dead trees you know so they they just put on a truck and they bring it here so we have we have like thirty of them right now but um, you also have living trees are there trees that have survived from um the plantings because you were planting trees but they kept dying are they also living the trees that you're planting oh yes yes i mean the majority of them survive they they do quite well you know um it's just happened that these these are these are trees that grow in the wild and and they're not used to being uh, you know cut down and transported with no roots and branches and leaves so uh, they, they just didn't do well. I mean, I have one left of that same type of tree. There, was, there are different type of trees, but the, the five that I call La Danse, they are a specific kind of myrtle, you know, the, the myrtle uh, tree. Um, and they're quite rare here. You, you see them in the jungle, but you, you don't see them in the city. Nobody, nobody plant them. They're like a, like a jungle tree. Uh, you see them in Siem Reap, you know, in the, in the Angkor Wat uh, area. Um, all the all the in the jungle there, um, you see a lot of these trees, and they're like ghosts. They're really white. You know, myrtle have that sort of you know silverish uh, kind of uh, smooth bark. In the, mm -hmm. I guess in the U.S. you have these myrtles, but they're they're quite uh, small. The trees they look like they're like twines, um, and they're a bit brown. But here they're white, so they're different kinds. But uh, so yeah, uh, this this group of, of of five is is because I have five dead ones. So they just happen kind of serendipitously uh, like that. And let's talk about the Kapok tree that you mentioned at the beginning. You were talking about uh, a fascination with, the, with, with boats, the structure of boats, um, and that you recently completed uh, a project 
as I understood, somehow based on the on the Kapok tree. Was that is that correct? Yes. So, you know, I, I uh, when I was a, uh, young, uh, you know, living in in Cambodia, my father always uh, we always lived near a water body, you know, like either a river or a lake or a pond, or, because uh, you know near near the water. Uh, there's a way for you to find uh, food, you know. Um, you can trap, you know, a fish, obviously. Uh, you know, you can find snails, turtles, you know, snakes. All sorts of things, you know, crabs and frogs and whatnot. So I always grew up around boats. Um, and, but I, I never, you know, I'm not a conceptual kind of artist, so I don't, I don't use something in order to, like, uh, how do you say, like carry an idea or... or, or, or you know things, you know, things that are concept first and then object after. Like I, I don't really work that way. I'm, I'm, I have to say, I'm, I'm quite an emotional kind of. You know, I approach my, my, my craft with a, more of a heart than a, than a brain. <laughs> so, but, but this, this idea of the boat has always been fascinating to me. And, you know, when I, uh, when my family left Cambodia just before we leave, uh, we left Cambodia when just I was, I was eight years old. We actually, we actually built a huge boat. You know, my family. And my and my relative, we all built a big boat, but we never got to use it because the time was was right for us to leave. So I always thought, like, oh man, I just wanted to uh, to finish that boat, get on that boat before we leave. You know, I just want to, you know, I wanted, I really want to get on that boat, but we we couldn't. So um, anyway, uh, that's a you know kind of a off tangent a bit. Um, so 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 this this group show that's in the in the city is at the French Institute. Um, the theme uh, of the show is uh, fabric, right? And you know, and they invite uh, other artists and then some designers that that work with different uh, fabric and, and and things like that. So I had no interest in in making a sculpture with fabric, you know. Uh, so I thought, well, I gotta do I gotta do something like go back to to where fabric come from, right? So so then the question becomes like, okay, how many what is the origin of fabric? Right? Nowadays you have bamboo and you have uh, lotus and you know all sorts of things. But in the old days you just have you you basically have uh, cotton, right? Cotton and uh, and jute. And uh, but I just thought you know uh, kapok is interesting because it's, it's cotton too. So um, I researched that a little bit and then I found out that people do make fabric out of uh, the kapok fruit. And so I thought, oh, this is perfect. Now, now I look at the fruit, and the shape of the fruit, the shell of the of the actual kapok uh, fruit, is, is it, it looks like a it looks like a boat, you know. So it's already looked like a canoe. And so I basically asked my one of my assistants, who who actually live in a village that is near a water body, that a lot of fishermen there. And uh, nowadays people just use fiberglass; they don't use wooden. Unless you're really poor, you know, you don't use uh, wooden uh, canoes anymore. You use fiberglass because it, it lasts longer. Of course, you have to pay for it quite a bit more, but it lasts you, you know, decades. So in this in this village, there are a lot of these canoes. And uh, I said, well, please go and uh, just pick a couple and bring them back. So, so he brought two back and you know, just start working on it. And and so how big is this and what so, has it what has it become? It is a it is a boat. You built the boat. I mean, I, and I love the story that you told about your family trying to build a boat that was never used because um, yeah, there's a there's a, a kind of beautiful 
poetic kind of closure to that. So you, you, you've built this boat, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's a boat that you can exhibit, but is it also a boat that you can use? And I know this is a three questions, but and how big is it? Well, I didn't build this boat, right? So it, it's an old, it's an old, it's an old boat that's just left there for the chicken to to roost in, basically. Now there's holes and cracks and stuff. It's beyond saving, so it's an it's a it's basically just left to rot. Um, and I ended up just um, completing it into a kind of uh, image of a kapok fruit with the with the like when the when the kapok fruit uh, basically it it it, it cracked open and the and the cotton you know, uh, like flies out, right? So the cotton of the kapok is, is used for um, like, you know, uh, making pillows and, and things like that, cushions and things like that. So so I did the best I could to resemble what a kapok uh, fruit would look like after the, 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 the shell uh, explodes. So the actual sculpture is about six meters uh, long and... Uh, Six meters. I'm not sure what that is in uh, in foot. That's that's uh, about 18 feet. That's huge. Yeah, that, almost 20 feet. About that. That's that's quite large. Yeah. It's large. Yeah, it's large and heavy. And uh, but uh, yeah. So the top, then the top of it uh, is made with uh, uh, bamboo, rattan, and uh, and uh, metal, like a metal rod. Um, yeah, it's, and think, this will be exhibited in, in, in the group show and, and potentially um, sold. It's also available for sale. Yeah, I hope. I mean, one day. I'm, I'm really attached to this work for the moment, so I'm not even thinking that. It makes me a little sad when I think about, <laughs> you know, selling this thing. But, uh, you know, hopefully one day it will go to somewhere meaningful, you know. Um, um, and, and, how, and how does that happen? Don't Talk a little bit about your, your, your career for a minute. I mean, you, you, you went to the Chicago Art Institute, correct? And then, you, and then you came back to Cambodia and have built a career and a studio and have assistance. Is it, is it easier to, to thrive or survive as an artist in Cambodia, do you think, as opposed to Chicago or the United States? Well, I think in my particular case, uh, you, you know, I, I had a... You know, I had a, a quite a, let's say, a arduous, uh, arduous, uh, you know, childhood here. So I have, I left here with a lot of memory, uh, both good and 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 bitter. Um, I always felt like, uh, you know, after after Chicago, you know, you, you, I went I went to school in the U.S. all my life. Right, I started with uh, school in seventh grade, you know, and then just went all the way to get a master degree. You know, in um, in painting, but after that, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing with myself. You know, like uh, what am I? There was, you know, I I didn't know what to do because my you know my parents were working in the factories, and you know, um, it it felt ridiculous to be an artist in an environment where everybody goes to work, you know, at six o'clock in the morning and come back at six six seven o'clock in the evening. It just didn't feel like that was a fair thing, you know, as 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 as, as a person to 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 be doing, you know, like. Uh, so, I, I couldn't figure out what 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 is art for me, you know, like what what where is my art, you know, and so I I really uh, didn't have uh, much of a choice. I said I I, I got to go and figure this thing out away from all of these influences, you know, like I, I I need to get away from from that environment and. 
And uh, so it took me uh, two years after grad school, and I, I struggled a little bit in Boston doing different jobs. You know, that's a long, long story. Um, and finally, I just said, you know what? What do you have to lose? You know, you're still young. And um, and the country was sort of ready for people to come back. You know, it was broken and and very very difficult. You know, uh, for everybody. Actually. And what year was this? What year was this that you're speaking that you came back? 2002. Two thousand two. Yeah. So um, when I when I came back, you know, right away, uh, you know, I the sadness and uh, you know just seeing the country the way it was, the city the way it was. We was both sad and, and, and at the same time, for me, it was liberating, you know, because it felt, it, the country felt like what I was feeling inside, you know, if, if that makes sense. Um, you know, it, it's like I wasn't put together right, you know, and, and I come back to a place that was like 80% still broken, you know, no stoplights, no, you know, roads weren't paved and potholes, dust, anger, I mean, sadness and struggle and... But all of that was kind of like, okay, well, that makes sense. It makes sense. You know, a country that have gone through civil war, uh, you know, like, you know, everybody have lost a member of their family, you know. Um, so for me, I didn't expect a miracle. You know, I just like, okay, this makes more sense to me, you know, for who I am and my history and and possibly what I'm about to 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 make, you know, in terms of art. So I basically just like uh, lock myself in in my room and um, you know rent was very cheap everything was cheap I didn't own anything so I didn't have anything to worry about and uh, I just had to sell a painting or a drawing you know I basically just begged my friends you know just say hey come on you know I, I need to pay rent so please buy something you know it's like 300 bucks that'll last me three months so you know um, had all that time to just to just be with myself and and look in the mirror and draw and paint, um, smoke, drink, you know. Um, so all of that was like really uh, necessary for me. And I, then I got, I got lucky, you know, I, I, um, just meeting good people, uh, having, you know, people come to Cambodia and, and kind of saw my pathetic little life and say, hey, you know, you want to come to a residency? Uh, <laughs> you know, so, you know, my first break was a residency in Norway, you know. Um, and uh, it was... It was hard times, you know, at that time. But uh, again, uh, just kept on running to very good people and good galleries and start to sell, you know, like uh, have a solo show and then like one or two sculptures sell and then, then three sell, four sell, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, and all of a sudden I'm in Documenta and I'm in Venice and I'm in the Metropolitan Museum and the Guggenheim. And so it's, it was, it's a rush, you know, it's <laughs> pretty crazy actually. Mm. Yeah, but but wonderful, and I'm I'm glad you went through that. It's exciting to hear. And so, uh, and where you are now, it sounds like you have a good amount of land. You're you're in the capital, but you have um, your studio and your home. It sounds like are on the same land, and you have a good amount of land. How, how what does that look like? I'm I'm just curious. And how much land is that? Oh man, it's uh it's beautiful. It's uh two hectares. Um. Not sure what that is in acres, um, but two, you know, two hectares of land, and uh, I, you know, it's basically a rice paddy when I move, when I move here. I basically like my 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 staff, you know, like when I when I sell work, I employ people. That's how I that's how I kind of grew, 
And then I grew out of my studio inside the city. I kept moving place to place, but you know, rent was getting more expensive, and you cannot really rent a warehouse in the city unless you have a lot of money. So I moved across from the river, from the city, and um, you know, it was at that time it was really far, but it's not far anymore now that the road is paved and streetlights have been installed. Um, but uh, you know, I, I basically had to move out the city a little bit, but it's like 20 minutes away, so it's not that far away, right? But if you were riding a moped, then yeah, it's it's quite far because you know you're competing with cars and trucks and, and all of that stuff. Um, but I, I bought this but, land. But, but now you're not riding started. a moped. It's it's it, it, it's not. It's I'm trying to go. I want. I don't want to interrupt you, but you you're not riding a moped now, so it's not as far, and because the streets are paved, it's. It's closer to the city in, in a sense, travel-wise. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 twenty minutes, twenty minutes, thirty minutes from the city in a car. So yeah, I've got a car, and all my staff they still ride bike, uh, uh, motorbikes. Uh, a couple of them have uh, cars, but um, yeah, but the, the the street is paved. There's there's like I said, there's 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 lights on at night, and there's 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 stoplights, you know, in, in different places. So it's a lot safer, and it's it's just a straight shot from the city. You don't have to make any turns. Um, and so, and what's on your land now? You have uh, you said two hectares, correct? Two hectares, yeah. Hectares. So that yeah, that's in in um, in acres in the U.S. That's about five acres, which is yeah, quite a lot of land. What's on all that land? There's a studio, a home, uh, trees. Are you also uh, doing any kind of gardening? I'm just curious what else is on there. It's a lot of space. Yeah, so, so when I first uh, bought it, we actually uh, we built a studio. It's very big. Uh, I guess it's like, uh, I don't know, uh, 70 meters by 30 meters or something like that. It's, it's, it's quite large. It's a, like a warehouse. And... Um, I had a, a couple of bedrooms there, my kitchen is there, and uh, an office space. Um, and then I built another small place for uh, a gardener and his wife who also cook for the staff um, and uh, feed my dogs and, and stuff like that. So they've been living with us for the last 10 years. Um, mm. And then uh, just this past year, I finished building a house. So right now I'm in my, my house. It's a beautiful place, I have to say. It's a, it's a dream, you know. Um, just a simple design, um, very comfortable, <laughs> you know, like a like a like an old school house. Um, but um, yeah, two two hectares, a lot of land. I've got two ponds. I got four dogs. I I plant trees every day. In fact, tomorrow I've got four more trees coming. Uh, but basically, my my whole land is like a jungle right now. I love I love that. It sounds like paradise. It sounds just just wonderful. Like like nothing you could ever um, have in the United States. <laughs> you know, no, it sounds I, a little like, magical, really. I mean, you know, there there are big artists in the United States that have these kind of things, but someone like me, no, absolutely not. I cannot afford. You know, in the U.S., there's no way I can afford to. So so this kind of land, you know, um, with the tax and, and all these kind of things. Um, so no, it's 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 luck. It's luck, and I've got a lot of good people who help me. You know, loan me money when I needed to buy it and and stuff like that. And but it's it's all taken care of now. We're we're good. You know, um, it's a great place to work, and especially right now with the pandemic situation, uh, the the you know the restriction of you know and just being scared. You know, living in a city. My friends are in the city. 
you know, being, you know, imagine just being stuck in your two-room apartment. Um, you know, we yeah, absolutely. You are lucky, um, and so am I. Um, I would. I want to ask you one more question. What are you reading at the moment? Well, um, look, I, I have to be honest. I'm not a big big reader. I have many, I have books that are waiting to be read. But the last book that I read um, is uh, is uh, here. It's uh, it's The Alchemist, <laughs> uh, Paulo Coelho. Um, hmm. I, I love I love that book and I I think I just I just kind of picked it up because I I have people who comes and they bring books for me to read they think this is a you know like the 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 book before that was a down and out in Paris and London so and that's mm. uh, my wife gave me that book because she think that uh, you know my life is kind of funny the way all that struggle and all of that stuff uh, so that was a, that was a really uh, apt you know gift but. Um, yeah, the, um, the Alchemist is 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 fantastic. Um, you you read the book, right? You you must. I have. I've, I've read that book, and I, and I've also read. Uh, I mean, it's it's a wonderful book of kind of I guess you know self discovery in a sense, but also you know a little a little magical the workings of fate and uh, and and also down and out in Paris is is quite different, book <laughs> you know, but um, uh, yes, a, a book that's that 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 gives you images that are hard to forget uh, about being in a restaurant and, and also, yeah, his time in Orwell's time in London. Um, yeah, quite a, quite a picture of, uh, of poverty and, um, you know, and restaurant. Yeah. Well, when, when I, when I first moved, you know, when I first came back to Cambodia, it wasn't so different, you know, I wasn't working in a restaurant, but man, I mean, you want to know about being poor. Oh, that was, Mm -hmm. That was ten years. I mean, that was ten years of 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 you know practically begging friends to buy a drawing to just pay rent. Um, yeah, that was a tough time. Um, so, you know, I, I find it all kind of uh, resonate. You know, um, you know, going place to place and and you know moving around in the city just because the rent got a little too high, so you have to move. <laughs> and then right. you know, you're living like. You, you're eating like two dollars, three dollars a day. You know, I mean, that's really what we ate. You know, like two, three dollars a day. That was my allowance for food. You know, um, so I, I was, I was eating with the with the Ciclo drivers. You know, and uh, and the motorbike drivers and and moped drivers. And man, I mean, you know, I never set foot in a restaurant. You know, like we're always eating outside. You know, under an umbrella if it's raining or it's too sunny. But um, so yeah, that that. I think that journey was like, I can laugh at it now, but it wasn't so fun when I was, you know, living it. Um, right. Well. But, but certainly, like Coelho, as you're saying about faith and about following your heart and about, you know, the the, the grander the grander um, gift, you know, <laughs> you know the the the. the I mean, fate is kind of a grander gift, right? We don't always control it, but somehow our heart, you know, uh, lead us to places that we we never imagined we would arrive at, you know. Um, so I'm, um, you know, I guess for me, it's it's always been like uh, trying to, I like I never stop growing, you know. Like I never stop being a child, you know. Like so, I, I don't consider like a complicated book. 
is any better than like something as simple to follow as as the alchemist. It's a really simple reading, but you can't put it down, you know, and it makes you think and think and think. It makes you imagine things, you know, like I'm a really slow reader. I like I, it takes me weeks and sometimes months to finish a book because I'll, I'll just read the same page like over and over and over and over again. And sometimes I read the same book again and again because I just enjoy like I enjoy where 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 I am in that book. Like I, I always trying to see myself in the book. So if a writer's voice does not uh, attract me to keep reading, I can't. I can't keep reading. I, I, I like I'll select. That's why it's it's always meaningful when your friends give books to you because they know you. You know, like they they said, so people you ought to read this one because you'll enjoy it. You know, like they know me. You know, so. I try to read those books. I don't. I don't normally go to a store and just browse around and then just like, just pick up any books. You know, like bestseller or whatever. You know, I don't. I don't consider it like that. I like that. So, Piap, I want to thank you so much for talking with me today. I really appreciate your time and and your work. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much, Brandon. It's been a pleasure. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.